Welcome to this episode of SDI Encounters, a podcast on spiritual direction and spiritual companionship. I'm Matt Whitney. Thank you for listening. Learn more about our work and the work of spiritual direction and spiritual companionship on our website, sdicompanions.org. Mary Ellen Weber is an SDI member and a spiritual director, and she has written a children's book, which was recently published by Growing Awake Books. It's called Finding God in All I See, Finding God in You and Me. Mary Ellen and I had a conversation recently about the inspiration for this book and what it was like to write and publish it. For us grown-ups, Mary Ellen asks us these questions. When you were a child, what did you think about God? Where did you think God lived? What did you think God was like? Where did you think you could find God? Chances are you experienced God in many ways without realizing it, because the places you were taught to look for God were limited. What if someone in your life had taught you to find God everywhere and in everyone, including yourself. Okay, well, Mary Ellen, it's so good to be with you uh, on the podcast here. Thank you for your time today. Well, thanks for the invitation, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's always a joy to to talk to uh, our members, our spiritual directors and companions, and and just get a real uh, inside story into what that practice looks like for you and and what's going on in your life and how you are you're working out uh, those uh, forms of spiritual companionship in in your life and in your circles and and in the world. Um, maybe you can begin just by telling us a little bit about yourself and and your work as a spiritual director. Well, um, I live not far from the SDI offices in Bellevue, Washington, and um, I'm married and I have three adult sons all in their 30s. And a new role for me is that of being a grandmother. I now have uh, four grandchildren, which is just such a joy. And um, my uh, my spiritual direction practice plays out, I think, a little differently. I see it as uh, two, two parts to it. The first would be the more the traditional spiritual companioning, the one-on-one. But the other part of it is probably what I would call uh, maybe spiritual mentoring. And that for me falls under um, my ministry, which I've titled Growing Awake. And it, I do, I've done retreats for congregations, parishes. I do spiritual growth groups, which are small groups of people that meet on a weekly uh, basis. And I also do uh, labyrinth workshops. I'm a labyrinth facilitator and I do soul collage workshops and um, being a writer. Um, I just recently, or I'm in the process of publishing my first book, a children's spirituality book. Yeah, this is really cool. So can you tell us a little bit about your book that you're publishing? Yeah, the book is called um, Finding God in All I See, Finding God in You and Me. Mm. And it's about teaching children 
to awaken to God, to divine presence all around them in nature, in other peoples, and then especially in themselves. So it's offering a different understanding. Um, most often, or we often teach children an idea of, you know, God in heaven apart from them. And I wanted to teach a different understanding of God where there's no separation. Mm. So that's where the, the idea of the book, there's a story behind the story um, of how the book came about too. Yeah. Tell us that uh, story. Okay. Well that happened. Um, so my oldest granddaughter lives in California, Tegan. And at the time of the pandemic, when things started shutting down in March of 2020, she was in the second grade and she attends uh, a Catholic elementary school. And because all of her homework was being done on Zoom and her parents were overwhelmed, I offered to help with her homework since that was something I could do from here in Seattle, even though she's down in the Bay Area in California. Um, and so, of course, because her parents knew that I had uh, done graduate work in theology, they thought, well, it's perfect for Emmy, which is what my grandchildren call me to do, to work with Tegan, to do her, her religion homework. And so I was helping her with that. And there was so much more that I wanted Tegan to know about God than what she was being taught. Mm. And so out of that desire came the story, um, which is a story about a conversation between Grandmother Willow, which is a real willow tree in my yard, and little girl, we named her little girl in the book. And actually it's Tegan. Um, and yet I wanted it to be um, a little bit more universal. And so we, it's a conversation between little girl and grandmother Willow and grandmother Willow is teaching little girl how to find God just where she is, wherever she is. Beautiful. Who can you tell us a little bit? So you told us that little girl is related to your granddaughter, but who is Grandmother Willow? What was the inspiration for this character in your book? Well, Grandmother Willow is a real tree in our yard. Um, the tree is, we've been told it could be around 80 to 100 years old, which is unusual for willow trees. Yeah. Because their average age I've learned is 20 to 30. This one is an ancient, ancient tree. And it's huge. And um, we live on Lake Washington and the tree is right down by the lake. And it's so happy there. And I think it's just grown and expanded because of where it is in the yard. And so when my grandchildren are here, we've named the tree Grandmother Willow. And we always, whenever we're out in the yard, we always greet it um, and say, hi, Grandmother Willow. And, and so that's why I knew I wanted her to be a character in the book. And to me, she's just a symbol of groundedness, of flexibility, the way the branches flow and move in the breeze, and being connected to source. Because she's so close to that water, she's deeply connected to source. So there's so um, there's much greater meaning to Grandmother Willow for me than, than uh, simply a tree. And I think nature is a gateway to experiencing divine presence. And so that's what I wanted to share with my grandchildren and children everywhere is um, how to find this divine presence, how to awaken 
to divine presence, which many people call God, in and through nature. Yeah, you paint a beautiful picture. I can imagine this gorgeous tree. It's, it's mm -hmm. you know, the long branches, soft, uh, soft palette colors connected to the water through its roots. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, just a real deep abiding wisdom there um, that maybe it sounds like you you have a real sense of when you're when you're in its presence yes yes beautiful mm -hmm. and and you are uh you are you bring grandmother willow into into the story as as a wisdom teacher is, is my understanding yes yeah right right and mm -hmm. How do, what is the dialogue between Grandmother Willow and Little Girl? Well, Little Girl and Grandmother Willow have an established friendship already. The book begins that they were friends. And one day, Little Girl goes out to Grandmother Willow and she's feeling very sad and lonely. And so she sits down and leans up against Grandmother Willow's trunk, which she often does. Um, and she she sits there for a while and then she looks up at Grandmother Willow and says, where did my sad and lonely feelings go? And Grandmother Willow says, well, when you pause and are with your sad and lonely feelings, you give them space to move. And in that space, you sometimes find God. And that begins the story. A little girl says, I thought God was up in heaven. And then Grandmother Willow proceeds to teach her um, through all the different places in my yard, the garden and the water and the hummingbirds and the caterpillars, teaches Grandmother Willow, teaches little girl how to awaken and sense the presence of God in and through those parts of creation and nature. And then eventually her little pesky little brother comes out to play. And so they, Grandmother Willow points out that that God can be found in other people, even in people sometimes we find hard to love. And then the ending of the book, which is just my favorite, is about, and I don't want to give it away, but um, it's about Grandmother Willow pointing out the presence of God in, in Little Girl. I, I am totally resonating with this. So what, what an interesting way to describe entering into the presence of God. We come with our emotions. So little girl feels sad. She's having sadness, loneliness. That's what That's, she's experiencing. Right. And then you describe uh, the story in which uh, the emotions move. Use the word move. Mm -hmm. Can you mm -hmm. can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because there's, a, I mean, I think this is something we're relating to right now that I'm relating to in the ways in which we come to divine presence, which is, you know, I, my heart is troubled. I feel, I feel angry. I feel sad. I feel depressed. I feel despair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, and something's happening there. Can you maybe just, can you tell me a little bit more about how our emotions move? Mm -hmm. Well, it, it's really about creating space for them and not clinging to our emotions, um, being with what is rather than we, what we wish it was. And to me, this is the reason why we do spiritual practice and, 
and contemplative practice is so that we're not clinging so tightly. And when we give our emotions a little bit of space, a little bit of movement, they don't hold on to us so tightly. And in, in, to me, in that space, what we're doing is we're allowing, we're dropping back into um, the embrace of love, the embrace of God. Yeah, I, I love, oh, go ahead. No, I just, yeah. I love the, no, no. the transition from sadness, loneliness, to stillness, to look at the caterpillars, look at the, look at the flowers, mm-hmm. look at mm-hmm. the leaves, look at the grass, breathe the air. Right. And right. Yeah, I'm trying to teach, not only, I'm trying to, through this book, I'm trying to teach children the power of paying attention. Uh, that's, that's actually the start of awakening to divine presence is paying attention. And it's often in the ordinary things in their life. So in order to pay attention, you have to pause and look and be with, you know, feelings. And uh, so that's, that's what Grandmother Willow is, is teaching little girl, is to pause and just give those feelings some space. Yeah and pay attention to what emerges in that space. Yeah, I mean, you, you are essentially describing our contemplative practices, which are yes. meant to yes. bring us into this space. And this is uh, the practice of, of a little girl entering into the space is a contemplative practice. It's inviting stillness. It's, it's bringing some silence uh, into in, in awareness into, into her life. Right. Um, and you, you weave this in very, very elegantly. Uh, and I'm, I'm curious what maybe what your own contemplative practices are in your life. I am, they sound essentially what you've just described, um, but, but maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, my contemplative practices are every morning I sit outside on our deck right, look overlooking Grandmother Willow. And I sit there and it's usually a time of reading something, um, whether it's, you know, a spiritual book or, or scripture or something that leads me into quiet contemplation. And so that's my morning practice. And I've tried to do that when my uh, grandkids are here too, to invite them to come and sit with me because I want to teach them too, to find these moments of quiet. Um, So that's one practice that I do daily. I also have a a labyrinth in my yard, which um, is right under Grandmother Willow. And that's a practice that I often use when I've got a lot um, that I'm thinking about, a lot of things I'm wrestling with, because just the stepping into the labyrinth and the act of walking the labyrinth helps me sift down from my head into more of the heart space that again is creating space around whatever I'm I'm struggling with and I also use the labyrinth as a form of intercessory prayer when we often say oh I'll pray for you I mean we say that to somebody how do you do that for me I take them into the labyrinth with me and um, walk the labyrinth holding holding that person or that situation in prayer so that's another one of my practices. I do a lot of journaling. And I think that's where this book, I never set out to be an author. I think from my years of journaling, it sort of flowed into this story 
And uh, so that's that's a part of it. And um, and uh, so collage too. So collage is a practice of getting to know the parts of yourself and the, the idea that we're all a unique manifestation of God in the world. I think it's important that we need to know ourselves and we need to know um, what might be getting in, a, in the way of that flow of God through us out into the world. And so that's where soul collage comes in. And the, the use of images and pictures um, is very, very important. Mary Ellen Weber has an MA in Transforming Spirituality from Seattle University School of Theology and Ministry. As a spiritual director, she accompanies people with their inner work of transformation through spiritual growth groups, labyrinth and soul collage workshops, retreats, and individual spiritual direction. Mary Ellen lives near Seattle with her husband Jim and grandmother Willow. Engage 2022 is SDI's first hybrid annual conference. This means it can be experienced in person in Santa Fe, as well as digitally through live apps and recordings. Engage 2022 is about deep listening and the lasting change it can create. It is about engaging with our shadow to find light. And it is about bridge building in the service of love fostering engagement. Keynote presenters include Dr. Cornell West, Valerie Kaur, Father Greg Boyle, and more. Register now for SDI's 2022 annual conference at sdicompanions.org. It was always about the questions for me, and that still is my way into uh, spiritual growth is often through questions, wrestling with questions. And um, that again is why I need the, the quieting contemplative practices to help me get out of my head. Yeah. But another reason I wrote this book, Matt, is I know you have young children. I have a surly preteen. Oh, okay. Not so yeah. young anymore. Um, but what I found is that my sons who are in their, you know, mid thirties now, uh, and I see them and a lot of their friends who are having children. And a lot of them grew up in a specific religious tradition, but they're no longer practicing that. And yet they want to give their kids something, but it's not necessarily what they were given. And so in some ways, I think the baby's thrown out with the bathwater and they don't know what to give their kids. So that is that was, again, an impetus for this book, because the book is actually a gorgeous gift book. It's it's a meditation in story form. That's how I like to refer to it. And I see it as being um, something a starting point for a lot of young parents who don't quite know how to talk about God, how to talk about the spiritual journey, spirituality with their children. And so I hope this is a, a maybe a starting yeah. point for them. Yes. That's what I hear, especially is just an, an entry point into helping our children trust that inner knowing. And, mm -hmm. you know, to summarize the things you've shared, there are things like, 
you know, honoring emotions, but also creating some spaciousness around those emotions and, right. and being, right. being in nature and being in reality and, and kind of just mm -hmm. delighting in the things that are around us. Right, uh, right. The sacred, the and, sacred the ordinary. and the ordinary and letting that yeah. be the core, you know, of somebody they can go into the world and and study theology or philosophy or whatever right and can wrestle with it right. but in a way that does not um does not interfere with with what's in the core that makes sense mm -hmm. and there's um there's another motive in writing this book in this book it in the prologue I've written um, a message to grownups is what is what I called it. And it's meant for the adults. Who, this is not a book that a child is maybe going to pick off the shelf and say, I want this book. This is more of a book that I think is geared towards parents, grandparents, adults to share with children. And so I've written a message to grownups in the front of the book, which kind of lays out the underlying theology about this no separation from God and this awakening to divine presence. And it challenges the adults to look at their own image of God, because I think that's another thing that we don't necessarily think of once we're an adult. Um, what is your image of God? You know, a lot of people were given a child, have a childhood image of God, and yet do they ever think about it after that? And if that often doesn't work for them, that childhood image of God. Um, so what are some other images of God? Because I think what our image of God is really determines so much of our life. It, it determines where we find meaning in our life and what we see as our purpose of our life. It really determines our worldview. And so there's a piece in the book this message to grownups that is geared towards the adults who obviously will be buying the book for the children. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's lovely. Is it fair to say that our image of God can change over time and maybe necessarily does if we're paying attention to it? Oh, absolutely. I think, I think that's um, necessary to spiritual growth. Yeah is that we allow that, you know, we're out, I'll allow that uh, image to change over time. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, we change over time, you know, mm -hmm. we grow older, mm -hmm. we, we learn things, yeah. we gain insights, we have our experiences and all of those. All the, we're constantly changing the world around us changes. Right. Yeah. And what I'm hoping for children is that we can offer them a more expansive and more inclusive understanding image of, of God, mm. you know, one that, one that connects with their, um, their natural oneness um, or connection that they already, yeah. they're born with. Yeah. They're born with. Yeah. We need a, we need a larger story um, about God. I said in the book, in the, this message to grownups, that often the story we teach our children is too small. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know it's a lot of work to put together a book and, you know. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> the thing that's been a lot of work is the, the writing of the book. 
uh, flowed very easily. And then I, I learned that the publishing of a book is a whole nother steep learning curve. And now the steepest learning curve is the um, marketing and the publicity around the book. I mean, who knew that you didn't just have to birth the baby, you had to raise the baby. And that's, that's the part that I'm, um, that's the invitation yes. for growth for oh, me right yeah. now. I, the, the metaphor of the baby is apt, like, oh, what a beautiful baby. That was, but then now yeah, you have to it raise is. it and, you know, do all the parenting stuff that's hard and exhausting. Yeah. So the mm -hmm. marketing and the publishing and all of that is, it can certainly be a drag, but it, it's all, it's all part of that process. I just want to commend yeah. you for, for entering into it and, and seeing all of this through and for, for showing up for whatever is, is needed today to, to help this project come along. Creative work is hard. Yeah. Yeah. And the surprising thing is, is that it has led to, I think there's two more books in me along this line. Um, that's why on the website, growingawakebooks.com, which you can find out more about the, the book that is coming out. Um, I titled it Growing Away Books, plural, because I think there's a couple more stories. And the next one might be about uh, living from the inside out, this idea that the spiritual journey is an inward journey first to connect to that source and then that living out into the world and teaching children that they are a unique expression of God in the world and that they, they honor God really by becoming themselves. So this idea of connecting and then growing from out of that place of connection would be the second book. And the third book I'm toying with the idea is about spiritual practice for children and, and breaking open the idea of prayer as more than simply words that we say, but prayer as dance and art and nature and play, um, just breaking over open the idea of the importance of spiritual practice to stay um, Richard Rohr just said something at the um, conference I was a part of recently. He said that the, the goal or the task is not to be correct, but to be connected. And that's what I think I want to teach children is the first part is to connect with that inner knowing that, that God self planted deep within themselves to connect with that through spiritual practice. And then from there, to grow and become the person they were created yeah. to be. There might be a couple more Sounds books. like there is. Yeah. Let's see. We'll yeah. see. Well, I, I trust that you will stay uh, in that creative stream. And I have enjoyed being under this willow tree with you for, for a short <laughs> time. Mary Ellen, uh, so growingawakebooks.com is the website. And the Correct. name of the book, again, is Finding God in All I See, Finding God in You and Me. And where will people right. be able to find the book? Well, the book will be available through uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Independent bookstores can order through Ingram Books. Um, hopefully, it will be out in more. I might 
my dream is to have it in more independent bookstores. And yet um, that takes a different kind of effort on my part that I'm getting to. And uh, um, so that's the hope, because I think seeing the book and touching the book, the illustrations, I didn't mention the, illust mention the illustrator, Kari Vick, uh, the illustrations are stunning. And so if people can actually see and hold the book, which is how I like to buy a book, um, I think that's that's key. So I'm hoping to get it into more independent bookstores. Yeah. Well, I, I wish you well in that endeavor of getting the work out there. Um, another hard part of, you know, raising the baby. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, COVID puts a whole new spin on that too. <laughs> yeah, there aren't any book readings and, and many gatherings yeah. right now. It's just new ways to be creative, I think, around, around mm -hmm. the, the time we're in. Um, well, right. we will include links to all of this in our in our podcast notes as well. So if you're listening, you can find those there. Um, Mary Ellen, is there anything else that you would like to share uh, about the book or this process? Anything on your hearts? Mm. Hmm. I think what I'd like to end with is just again that that quote uh, from Richard Rohr about that it's about staying connected. And I think in the times that we're living right now, it's so important for us to find that way that we are connected to, to the ground of our being, to our source. And it, it may look different for everyone, but to, to honor that, because that really is the starting point to finding what's mine to do in the world. A lot of people are thinking right now, what's mine to do? And it begins first with with that getting being connected and then living out from that that place of connectedness and that's for the adults but we have a role in teaching our children the, the same we do and uh mm -hmm. i just want to say that like i've uh really delighted in talking to you about this and that sense of connection and, and you being connected to your own heart and your own inner knowing that has compelled you into doing this work which has brought us together here in this conversation. And I, I am grateful for it. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing this work with the world. And thank you for being a spiritual companion in the ways that you are. If you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us share and spread the word about the life-giving practice of spiritual companionship, you can help us out by subscribing to this podcast through your favorite app. You could give us a like or even write us a review. Thank you for listening. This is Matt Whitney with Spiritual Directors International. Thanks again for listening. Your time and your presence here are deeply appreciated. If you liked this show and would like us to continue making them, please do subscribe now while it's fresh on your mind. Also, we would love to hear from you, so please feel free to send in your comments and suggestions to the email address podcast at sdiworld.org. SDI is the home of spiritual companionship. 
learn more about us and our work on our website, sdicompanions.org. 